When you think of strength training, what comes to mind? Maybe it's the image of someone with the perfect body flexing their biceps for all to see. Maybe it's the sound of an intense gym where weights clang and grunts echo. If you've ever felt overwhelmed with strength training or not sure where to start, let Revelation Wellness be your personal trainer. I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, and I'm inviting you to join us for Get Strong, a progressive strength training program for your body and soul. This program will transform the way you approach strength training because it's anchored in God's truth. And here's the best part. Getting strong is accessible to everyone. No fancy gym or equipment required. Embrace the heavy weight and push back the confusion and fear of strength training as you get strong. Every day for four weeks, you'll receive a daily devotional and our Foundations of Strength lessons. These teachings bring practical, myth-busting insight to building strength and fight the lies of toxic fitness and diet culture and bonus materials that examine proper form, alignment, and how to progress in your unique goals. And on rest days, use the Be Still and Beloved meditations to refresh your body and mind. This is the foundation of strength in body and soul, loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, and strength. If you're ready to get strong and learn how to train your mind, your body, and your soul, this program is for you. Just swipe up on the show notes for all the details. Hey friends, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I'm Elisa Keaton, your host for today's show. And today's exciting because I love it when we can bring to you a male perspective, a male voice when it comes to health, wholeness, fitness, our body. We're going to talk about that today with Adam Broad. Adam is the founder of Adam Broad Fitness, which is formed on the premise of science-based fitness that cares for the whole person. He's got this, y'all. He is doing what we are doing here at Revelation Wellness, but doing it specifically working with men and women in his community and has a real heart for stewardship of the body for the body of Christ. Uh, he loves to talk to leaders, male, female leaders, pastoral, uh, leaders who are needing to get this reframing of their body and what it is about. We talk about value and vision. When I asked Adam, how does a person get going? How do we make this shift to, to get them to want to do the hard thing? I love what Adam did when he broke down what is necessary to, to get going. Someone's gonna hear this today and someone is gonna click. And we, don't hold back. And that's the thing I, I do love about Adam. He just recently has come across my my awareness and relationally, and he shoots it straight. And I love what he has to say. Today, he talks about the difference between male and female. We talk about what it's like. Like, why do we as women approach our bodies a certain way and men a certain way? He goes after the fact that men too struggle with their body. Uh, so we have an honest conversation, and I think you are going to be blessed. Women, if this one's in your ears, maybe this is the day to not have it in your ears. Let your husbands hear this message, and likewise for the men. All right, friends, we are excited you're here. Uh, swipe up on the show notes to find out all the things about Adam and how you can get his ebook available over on Amazon. All that's in the show notes. 
Thanks for hanging out. I hope this message encourages you today. We shoot it straight. So put your big boy and big girl pants on and let's get a faith that moves. Peace. Revelation Wellness Community, today's fun. I always love it when I get to hear a man's voice in my ears. So Adam Broad is on the podcast. Adam, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, it's always an honor to talk about fitness, but it's an honor to be here with you as well. So cool. And can I just tell you, you have a great speaking voice. Has anyone ever told you that? No, they haven't. So you're the first. Thank you. No one's ever said that. Am I the first? I'm telling you. Well, maybe it's I'm, I'm connected to sound and tone and you have a great voice. So you, when Thank you speak, you. Uh, there's something in your sound waves. It's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. So Adam, yes. Because maybe people, you're going to be new on their radar. You're kind of new on my radar, mm -hmm. and yet you're showing up in my feed more and more. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to have a day to talk with Adam. Uh, tell people about yourself and how you find yourself where you are right now. Oh, okay. I always think these- Right? Yeah, these are always funny. It's like, how far back do we go? Well, I was- Yeah, born. tell us about uh, your life, right? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I've been in the ministry for since- since I was 16 years old, basically. So mm -hmm. I've been in some form of church ministry, nonprofit. Um, I've spent the majority of my life, I'm 46 now, I've spent the majority of my life helping people in some form know about Jesus or, mm. you know, like in some form, just leading people to the Lord. And along with that, I've always had this passion for fitness, you know, um, fitness, like going to the gym and getting stronger as a man that changed my life mm. when I was younger. You know, when I was like 14 years old, I started lifting weights. My friend's dad, Mr. George, he came and picked me up twice a week and was like, hey, I'm gonna, you're going to lift weights with us. And, you know, he was like, I'm not even going to tell you what to do. You're just going to go in there and be responsible for yourself. So that really changed my life. So these two paths together, have I've walked these two paths together for 30 plus years. And, um, you know, I've done everything from being a missionary to a pastor to um, you know, if you name it, I've probably done it in some form, you know, some people would call yeah, that yeah. Uh, wishy-washy and you just can't hold down a job or, you know, other people might call it experienced. We'll let you decide. <laughs> but, um, so I've been in some form of ministry this whole time. And one of the things that really stuck out to me is, um, I've watched so many ministers just sacrifice their health on the altar of ministry. Um, and, and gotten really, you know, really got nothing in return for that other than hospital bills and a shortened, uh, a shortened span of significance and influence. So um, it really just stuck out to me that somebody has to talk about this and like people like yourself, and there's other people out there that are doing the same thing, but we all have different networks, and we all have different people that we can reach. And my goal is really just to try to help people in the ministry, pastors, leaders, or people who aren't, I work with plenty of people who need to invest in their health or find their health for the first time and realize that it's attached to a purpose. Hmm. And that purpose should be your guiding vision, you know, for why did God put you here? Why, why are you here? What are you supposed to be doing? And once you figure that out, let's invest in our health so that we can do that for as long as possible. Right? So, it's like we're losing we're losing ministers and pastors in their wisest years when they should be leading and guiding the next generation, but 
They're too busy fighting to save their lives at that point from just decisions that could have been made right down the road, you know, mm -hmm. that are not that difficult and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know? So I've just, I've been walking this road for quite a while and I have my own business now where, um, this is what I do. This is what I and do. I work with pastors and leaders. When did you make that full pivot? How many years ago? Like I'm going, this is, this is the message helping ministers with their so health. I started, I started my, I started my business slash ministry in this area probably five years ago, okay. but I went full time two and a half years ago. And what, so, so what were you doing then? Were you doing kind of straddling other ministry? Work? Yes. Yeah. 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 I okay. was, I was working with a uh, church planning organization. Um, okay. so we were planting churches all over the world and doing stuff overseas and in the U in the, in the U S and at the same time, I always had these guys coming to me and they were like, man, I, you know, I just, you know, I got to take care of myself. I'm suffering with these issues. So I was kind of leading and pastoring people in this way, as well as doing ministry. Mm -hmm. So eventually I had to make a decision, right? Cause one was mm -hmm. going to suffer. You can't do two things. Well, really, you know, right. You can, right. It's true. Know. And you have to just make that leap of yeah. leaving that security yeah. behind of the, the known to the unknown. So good job. Good on you for doing that. It's still, yeah. it's still a walk of faith. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you married? Do you have kids? Oh, I am. I've been married for 22 years to my wife, Kim. Um, okay. she is definitely the better half in this, uh, in this, uh, arrangement. And I have one daughter, her name is Zoe and mm -hmm. she is 12. Okay. Her name is Zoe Grace because she is life to us. Mm -hmm. She is, and she is life giving. And, you know, we consider her unmerited favor because awesome. we, we had so much trouble having kids. Um, mm -hmm. so we didn't have her until I was a bit older, you know, 35 mm -hmm. or so. So she's, uh, she's definitely the little light in our world. So what a light. That's amazing. And where do you live? I'm in Memphis, the... Tennessee now. Oh, all our Tennesseans are they're They're giving a whoop whoop, but I am from Louisiana originally. Okay. So I'm a Cajun by culture. So Love that. yeah. Okay. Let's go back to when you were 14 years old or how old, yeah. 12 years old or something. And, 14, and this, yeah. this Mr. Whoever picked Mr. you up George. and threw some weights your way. Like what, uh -huh. what was that about for your life? Why did that take for you? What do you think that was about? Well, you know, I find, uh, you know, without getting too, too deep, you know, when you're, especially for oh, guys, we do deep. We yeah, do deep. I know. Oh, I know. You know, I'm going to wade in slowly. I'm going to wade in slowly. <laughs> jump, just jump. <laughs> oh gosh. Head first. Um, so, you know, when you're 14 years old and you grow up in a home that is roughly, you know, not the most functioning, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's being nice. Um, you know, but my parents did what they could do, you know? Everybody, mm -hmm. everybody, parents with the abilities they have, no one ever teaches you mm -hmm. really how to do it well. Uh, mm -hmm. You just always remember when people do it wrong. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, Truth. I was just an insecure kid, you know, I was 14 years old, 110 pounds. I could hang glad on a Dorito, you know, I was so skinny. So <laughs> I never heard that good one. So it was just, you know, you just, you're looking. As a as a boy or as a growing into a man, you're looking for your power. You're looking for your strength, and I had no place to find that. And um, you know, my family didn't really offer it. I didn't have the opportunities at school. So, Mr. George, who is my friend Joe's dad, he worked out all the time, and he was hilarious. He looked like a superhero, right? Because he yeah, he, he only did like upper body, and then he ran. <laughs> 
tiny chicken legs. Oh man. But when he walked with jeans, it was incredible. He looked like a superhero, right? Like a comic book superhero. Yeah. Like the Incredibles. But but now, yeah, exactly. I had tiny little legs and huge upper body. That's what he looked like. But, uh, and I thought he's huge, you know? So he just told me, he said, um, he and Joe were going to work out. And they said, um, he asked me if I wanted to come and I was like, sure. I was terrified, but I was like, sure, let's do this. You know? And he's like, all right, I'm going to pick you up every Tuesday and Thursday at three in the afternoon. If you're not outside waiting, I'm not stopping. Right. Mm -hmm. So he called, he called me to responsibility, make sure that Mm -hmm. I did. it, And then he put me in an environment where I could grow and explore with these weights. And he didn't, he didn't even tell us what to do. He just put us in there and was just like, go. Right. So we did everything wrong, but (laughs) we did it with the idea of getting better. Right. Wow. So yeah. I just took to this like, like wildfire that I had control mm-hmm. over myself, that I could incrementally get stronger, get better, and I could direct the course of my physical life in a sense. So I just, it became this wellspring of, of uh, like addiction and passion for me because yeah. it, it was a way for me to navigate life. Right. Yep. The weights never judged me. The, you know, they never, they only expected the most out of me for that day. Mm. Right. Best I could give that day is what they were going to get. And that's all they wanted. And I Mm. loved that. And I loved that I could see progress. Right. Cause you're four, right. So you're taking your shirt off at any moment, you know, and you're trying to flex in the mirror all the time, you know? So it's just like, but it's like, it worked. So it just created this passion in me. And I just, I saw how it changed my life and I know that it has that ability to do that for everyone else. I love that. It just does. You, you know, our stories are pretty similar. Really? Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, you were, you said you were 14 or 12? I was 14. My daughter is 12. So that's what Adam, I, I was 14. It's written in both of my books, of, well, almost three of the books. I was 14 years really? old. Same story. My parents' dysfunctional home. Sure. You're just kind of trying to figure out. And at 14, you're... You're questioning, am I a man? Am I enough? Am I, am I a woman? And like, am I going to be loved by a man? Am I, all those things mm-hmm. are happening right there. And I had a friend whose mother came and picked me up to take me to an aerobics class in 1985. That is and I was there that I took my first class, something shifted inside of me. And it was this, this, and that ability to do something and fail. Like I was a room full of other moms who were encouraging me, cheering me on. If you made a mistake, it was actually okay. Try it again, right? It's very optimistic. It's very, try again. Not, it, it doesn't condemn. And at yeah. least at that point it did. It was very pure, yeah. right? So yeah. that would be my next question. And then I was off to the races too. It was this thing is, does something to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, it eventually that control part for mm-hmm. sure showed up. Uh, did you ever get into that point where it, where it became idolatrous for you? Oh, sure. Of sure. Of, of course. Right. Because, um, you know, when, and I'm sure you can speak to this and I'm sure you speak spoken with your audience to this is like, when you suffer trauma, you, you find outlets and you find ways to cope. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those ways can be positive but then overused or over relied upon that they, they can become dangerous or uh, mm-hmm. idolatrous in a sense. So there were, er- there were times in my life when I used it as more of um, 
more of a drug, a coping mechanism. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, when you're young and you're getting strong, you become arrogant and proud, prideful. That's what guys do, right? That's just what we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, one, a guy can work out one time and feel like he gained muscles, you know, and a, a lady can work out for a year and be like, oh my gosh, it's, 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 like, it's so true. Like I could like one, like guys could work out once and be like, go and see their wife and be like, check this out. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> like we're forever 14, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, so yeah, of course it became that. And, but I will say too, though, that exercise and like lifting weights in particular has been one way that the Lord has spoken to me throughout my life and used it as a, a like, like a, like a chalkboard in a sense mm -hmm. to guide and direct me through failure, through loss, through growth, through, you know, through just coping, dealing, like it's mm -hmm. just, he's used it because, you know, that the analogy is the same struggle is good for you. Yes. Overcoming is good. Losing is good. Failing is good, right? Because you learn and exercise and weightlifting has taught me, you know, has just been that for me. Other people, it's martial arts, other people, it's sports mm. or whatever. But for me, it was this thing. And man, it just, I cannot, I, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have it. I truly don't. It changed my life. I came across a, a reel of you. I don't know who you were talking to, but you took us all to church. You gave us all a little dress down on, it was something to the effect of, you know, that you're no longer a little child who gets the cravings that you want mm -hmm. this, like how, what, speak to that, speak mm -hmm. to, because stewardship is something that's a big part of your get up yes. every day and why you do what you do. Yeah. How, okay. Let me, maybe, let me, let me point my question a little more. Okay. How do we do stewardship of like, Hey, you aren't this child anymore. There's, you can't just succumb to the inner voice, the craving, the little thing you want to do. There is this, this maturity and grow. How do we do that without condemning people? Mm, oh, that's a tough one. That's good though. Okay. I'm up for the challenge. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the first thing that I tell people is stewardship, first of all, if you think about what stewardship is, the first thing that happens in stewardship is a recognition that I've been giving something valuable. Mm. Okay. You, Cause you don't, steward, you don't steward things that are not valuable, right? Like good. You, you steward things that are valuable. So first I have to recognize I've been given something of worth, which is my health. Mm. Okay? I've been given this thing. And if you think about like, I saw, I saw he's a astrophysicist guy. He, I'm a nerd too. So if I get too nerdy, just no go, Adam. Don't be a nerd. But he talked about um, he talked about the chances of being born. Like there, the chances oh, of being yeah. born are so astronomically against you you that more people are not born than are born. Like boom, the ratio. So okay, first of all, I made it. I was born. Okay. God's God, let me be born. And then I have this thing, this body, this, this whole mechanism that is supposed to transport me through this invaluable life that I somehow won the lottery on. Mm. And I'm supposed to just treat it like it's an amusement park. Cause that's mm. kind of what culture teaches us. So first it's, I am valuable. I have something valuable. Secondly, 
I have to have a vision for what, what it is like Proverbs 29, 18, was it say without vision, the people cast off restraint, right? So vision for where I want to go gives me constraint. It places mm -hmm. boundaries. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I have a vision, uh, I have this valuable thing and I have a vision for where I want to go. Well, then now there, there is a strategy. There's a pathway forward. And I don't, children, children need to be guided. Like children need to be guided, right? Like, mm -hmm. like that's why you got kids on leashes. You got, you know, you got, you know, kids, you got some people's kids. You're like, you don't even invite them over to your house because these, like I had, a, I, have a, I have a friend like that. He, his kids at one point when they were little, I was like, y'all ain't coming to my house. <laughs> I, I painted these walls. Y'all putting holes and stuff. When y'all get bigger, y'all can come over because the kids were unruly. Right. But I think a lot of us as adults, we treat ourselves this way. Yeah. Right. We, we, we act as if because I'm an adult, because I can choose, I can do whatever I want, but there mm -hmm. are no free rides. That's right. right. And everything I choose, there's a plus and a minus. There's a consequence to it. Now it's not to make it super heavy. I'm not trying to tell you, you can't ever have ice cream. That's not what I'm saying. Right. right. I'm saying the majority of your decisions should be based off this vision that you have for where you want to go and in stewarding this great valuable thing that God gave you. Right. So my decisions are based off of where do I want to go? Not what am I mourning in the past? Mm -hmm. Not what, like, what am I feeling today? I'm not going to eat my feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when we like, that's what we're taught, right? When yeah. babies start crying, what's the first thing people do? Shove food. In their mouth. Yeah. yeah. In their so we're taught that when I cry, I eat. And then when we're all excited and we get happy, what happens? There's cake. Let's celebrate together. So mm -hmm. all this emotion and everything is tied around it. And we have so many people in the world today who are just emotionally immature and out of touch with who they are, what their purpose is in life. So they end up just kind of eating their feelings and mm -hmm. then not really stewarding this thing that is so valuable. And then you, you, you don't realize how valuable it is until it starts breaking down. That, you know, it starts breaking that's down. That's it. Yeah. And when it starts breaking down, the, the margin for success becomes really narrow because it's really hard to turn back that clock. Yeah. As amazing as the body is, it's still, it's still finite. So yeah. it's just, you know, I having this, this correlation is great. I heard a quote today that it's, it's easier to repair something than to fix something. Mm -hmm. Right. So if most people don't realize our bodies uh, until it's time to fix it. Like it's, I've got, it's broken down. It's on the side of the road. It yep. is not good. And it looks like a short future for me, or a, a, I don't get to go far. I don't get to enjoy life because my body is breaking down. It is, it needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Where if there's this just to repair, it's easier to repair things as you're going because you're in tune with, oh, the, the oil light is on her. Oh, I need to replace the brakes. Like mm -hmm. it's that being in tune with the very thing that gets us through life. But yes. wouldn't you say, Adam, that it does come back to you because you said it yourself that stewardship is about, first of all, the value and from value, you get the vision, mm -hmm. but we don't value. What do you think that's about? Oh, it's a, that's a really tough one because I think everyone's perspective on who they are obviously is is built around how they were raised, their environment, how they talk to themselves, what kind of, what do they consume? How, what kind of media do you consume? Um, because we're always, 
we use everyone else. Like, so this is like, I, just so you know, I talk with my counselor. Yes, me too. So she says like, your parents are supposed to mirror back to you the person you're supposed to be. Yeah. Right. But if your mirrors are cracked and broken, you get distorted images of who you yes. are. Yes. Right. But we do this in, in other areas of our life too. We get on social media and we use that, that as a mirror on who we're supposed to be. And men do Oof. it as much as women. I promise you. Yeah. Like, as a man, I can tell you, we do it just as much. We just don't talk about it. Okay. Mm. We're just not going to be like, I saw her and I was just like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to internalize. Yeah. Hey, I see that guy. He's really winning and I'm not winning like this guy. So I'm a freaking loser or mm. you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, we're using these mirrors and I think that we constantly take our own value down because mm -hmm. we're comparing it against somebody out of context. We're comparing it uh, based on what somebody else's highlight reel looks like. Um, we're still we're still running off of negative software from the past. So, you know, the studies show that people will. The studies show that people are better at giving their pets their medication than they are taking their own medication. Think about that. You value wow. your pet more than you value your own health. So yeah. I think there's this yeah. image issue we have. And I think that this is where the scripture comes in. I think this is where walking with the Lord comes in, where he starts yeah. renewing your mind, yeah. showing you a true mirror of who you should be, right? For women and men, men need a masculine mirror to look and mm -hmm. see like what it means to be a godly man, what it means to be masculine, but not toxic, strong, mm -hmm. overbearing, protective, but not, you know, arrogant. Yeah. So it's just like, we need this mirror. And I think that's where the scripture comes in. So we have to marry these two, right? We have to, yeah. I have to get a good view of who I need to be. And then I need to reflect that back and do some work yeah. on the inside so that I can value this thing. You know, yeah. it, gro it grows in value as your mentality grows with it too, right? Yeah. Oh, I have so many things I want to go. It's just so good to speak to a guy. I have to tell you, because there's things that I've got questions about from a female male point of view. Yeah. Maybe I want to ask this question. So let's say you work with male pastors or just male, anyone who comes your way. How do you start to restore value to that? How do you do that? How do you get value them to be thinking in terms of value and in touch with value? Because they don't, like you said, men maybe don't talk about it like women do. Well, tell me your experience in that. Well, thank you for that. I work with both men and women. Okay. I work with anybody who is willing to work. Right? There you go. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're willing to work, I can work with you. Um, but with men, men and women are just built differently, right? I find like with my female clients, um, verbal affirmation is very empowering for them. Mm. Right? Like, hey, girl, you can do this. Like, mm. What you doing with those five pound weights? Your kid weighs more than that. And you walk around with them with 45 <laughs> minutes on your hip. Like, what are you doing? Uh -huh. You're way stronger than you think you are. Uh -huh. Right. So like that verbal affirmation, especially from a male is for some reason. It's true. Whatever, it's true. And they see me as a strong person because, you know, you have this authority figure kind of thing happening. Guys, on the other hand, they have to prove their strength in order to feel their strength. Right. So we just get them moving forward. And I'm just like, just get in there, bro. 
Like, I don't want to hear any excuses. You get in there and you lift those weights. And then once they feel stronger, mm. it's changed that mentality. So men are very on the physical. We're very outside focused much more. So once I start to feel my body getting stronger, I start believing it mentally. Women, I find to have to find first get in their head and then they'll express that with their bodies. Woo! It's like the opposite, right? That's good. So, good. but That's guys, guys, but guys are yeah. simple. Guys are simple. If you just get them to lift weights and sweat a little bit, they're automatically start feeling tough and it changes. It's just amazing. Well, it goes back. It goes back to what you're saying. Like they lifted one time and they're like, I'm a superhero. I'm huge. And they go home and they're like, like thinking like they're all that. And yeah, I've got guys sending amazing. me, I've got guys sending me pictures with their shirts off and stuff. And they're like, check this out. And I'm like, I didn't ask for that. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I love that. Okay. That's going to speak to the audience that's listening. Cause I know there are some men here listening as well, but for women, yeah. like we got to get out of our heads. Like we're so yes. much in our heads, biting the lie the battle. And, and it does go back to the consequences of sin. Women, our thing is we are always looking am i enough for the man like i will constantly be looking to the man and his eyes will be somewhere else right so we're kind of, we're doubting uh, do i have value do i have worth i need someone else to tell me that which is probably why when you say in a male voice you're doing great it hits something and we actually might start to believe it yep but for men they're pretty outward focused in yep. that let me do this thing let me go and let me get the strength on yeah. or whatever. But at the same time, at some point there has to be for men as they go about growing in that, mm -hmm. I gotta be able to get inside of what's yeah. the, the more scary places to mm -hmm. be, right? Cause I think for men maybe, and women too, like we'll just, if I just put on a strong exterior, then all will be well. Yeah, I find, I find too that, um, and this is just, you know, I've been a man my whole life. So turns out, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Good to know, good to know. Um, is that we tend to, um, we are doers, we are fixers. We are, this is why like some, like your wife, I have to tell you, I, I just want you to hear me. I don't want you to do anything. <laughs> right? just listen. Right. That's my wife will do. She's like, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to hear it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm like, all right, I'm not moving. Um, but we tend to grow as we do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, you know, when Jesus healed the lepers and he said, go, you know, like go to the pool of Siloam or whatever it was. Yeah. It says yeah. they were healed Wash. as they went. Yes. They were healed as they went. So that's what the like training and physical, like physical struggle does for all of us. But for men, it's very much like once they start doing it and like feeling their strength and they, they heal along the way, because that's when guys start calling me and like, first their questions are about exercise and like getting bigger biceps. But then it becomes, hey, man, I'm dealing with this. I've got this going on on the inside. My wife and I are fighting. So you end up counseling through this. True. For ladies, it's the opposite. Yeah. The opposite direction. First, you're like, it's okay. You're good enough. You can do this. You know, like, yeah. deal yeah. with all this stuff and first. Then and then they they're like, yay. You know, and they start expressing that power later. So it's just, yeah. it's very, it's very, it's interesting. You know, well, isn't it? Isn't it? It's the tension it is. of, of the, both of us being image bearers of God. This yeah. is both God's heart. Isn't that cool? Exactly. Like God is both of that. He mm -hmm. is very much wants to be, you know, that, that connection of who yes. I am and now I'll go do, and he's the God who does. And so then I can get in touch with yes. the who I am. Yes. And, I love that. All right. You talk about 
uh, you say this. Well, no, I'm gonna ask you two questions. Okay. What is fitness, Adam? If someone says, Ooh. what is fitness? Because then my second question is gonna be, what is, uh, that you say fitness isn't only science. So I wanna talk about that as well. So okay. unless they merge together, but what, if someone says, what is it, what's fitness? What would you say? Well, I think if we just look at the def, I tend to be pedantic, you know, like I like words and I tend to be a bit of a word nerd. So if we look at fitness, um, it's the, it's the ability to, it's the ability to be enough in specific areas, right? So whatever the demands of life are. So if we're talking about physical fitness, then it's enough. It's being enough to handle mm. your normal life, right? This isn't fitness. Doesn't mean elite. It doesn't mean I can run six miles faster than everybody else. Those are different definitions. For fitness in general, for most people, I find it's just the ability to move well without pain, to move mm -hmm. my own body weight, be strong enough to manage my lifestyle, mm -hmm. to avoid injury to the best of my ability, um, have a relatively good body composition because that is an indication of health. It's mm -hmm. not an indication of whether you look good or vanity or anything. Right. Having good That's body right. composition is about health. It's not about abs and taking pictures of yourself. Amen. Um, although you can do those things. Um, but fitness is more about navigating life well with a, as, as little injury and as little discomfort as possible. Um, but then there's also a, a mental health component to that. There's a soul health component to that. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Because not, all your challenges don't just hit you physically. They hit yes. you mentally and emotionally yes. first. Yes. And then they express themselves physically. So, we have to be fit in all those areas. Now, fitness isn't only science. What does that mean to you? Because that's what you say. Um, fitness isn't only science. I think that science can do a lot for us when it comes to our physical fitness. But I think that there is there is a learning process. There is a there is a falling and getting up process. There's a resilience process to all of this that requires more than just information in your brain. There you, you go. Because I think science is great. Science is beautiful, right? We need it. Mm -hmm. it's, it, does, it answers a lot of questions mm -hmm. and it helps. But then um, it tends to paralyze some people because they just get stuck on information and stop doing. Mm -hmm. So fitness is a lot about walking down the road and being on that journey constantly and putting one foot in front of the other. And you grow into health, right? So I tell people like health doesn't just, you don't just have it or not have it. You grow into it. Um, mm -hmm. and it's about skill acquisition. So you're acquiring the skills to live a healthy life and navigate the landscape that we live in over time. And you get better with it with repetition, just like you mm -hmm. do your bench yep. press or your shoulder press, yep. you get better with it with repetition. So it's the science helps us. The science helps direct us but then it's the other intangibles like your resilience and your grit and your ability to move forward that actually helps make fitness possible. So it's a coupling okay. of the two. Let me, let me play devil's advocate. If I was to ask you, Adam, what's the one thing if from a science perspective about fitness that I would need to know to improve my health, talk to me from mm. science. Okay. What, what would be the thing you'd be like, okay, if there's one thing, scientifically you should know about your body um no. well i would say if there were one prescription yes okay so if we look at 
if we look at what most people, 70% of us, Christian or non-Christian, mm-hmm. okay, are dying from diseases of lifestyle. They're diseases yeah. of choice. Yeah. Right? They're not diseases yeah. that most of us are not just, obesity doesn't just jump on us. <laughs> we, we play a role, okay? Mm-hmm. Some more than others, right? So there's a lot of nuance and context to all of that. But we're dying of lifestyle diseases. So... One of the things that the probably the most potent intervention that we know of in science is exercise. It literally is the most potent intervention more than any drug, more than any any superfood that somebody on Instagram is trying to sell you. It literally is okay, so like you're like so. As strong as the correlation is between smoking and lung cancer and death, the correlation between health and a VO2 max, like good respiratory health, is stronger. Mm. Like it's like four hundred percent like correlation. Mm. Like it's like like mm. one of the number one things that you can do for your health right now is just go for a, a run, right? Just yeah. go for a run, lift some weights. Like it's the most powerful intervention that we have. There's no medication. There's no Ozempic. There's no semaglutide. Come on, come on. Those things can be a part of that, but nothing, nothing will separate you from moving your body and and making it stronger. That correlates with health. Nothing. Like we don't have anything else that works as strong as this. So if if you if you needed science to tell you something, it's you need to go exercise. And there seems to be no upper limit on how mm. much there seems mm. to be like the more the better within like with up to a, a point where you're not stressing your joints out and going crazy right right but i mean truly it is yeah. undeniable it's undeniable at this point yeah i'll back that with the research i've as well that i've seen that the quickest way to move your biomarkers of good health is to just move your body like yes. go for a walk right now literally just if you want something inside of you to shift that points you towards the right direction of health, go move your body, which we know is just about elevating your heart rate, mm-hmm. breath, blood flow, mm-hmm. then all those chemicals that just naturally get released that are often mocked in the pills or things that we take. Like we have 100%. it all inside of us. We are a living medicine cabinet inside yep. of us, mm-hmm. but it is this push against comfort. We just want to sit in our chairs. We are so sedentary. There's a great book. I encourage you, you uh, on this uh, topic of moving our body, but it's called Exercised. I can't remember who wrote oh, it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened Have to you it. read it? I yeah, it's a it. good, yeah. it's a good audio, right? Very the whole good. fact that we were never meant to work out. We were never no. meant to have this kind of life. We were meant to be like that tribe that he talks about. Oh gosh, why am I forgetting who they are? Sand people. Yeah, the people that go out and hunt and gather, like they are about life. We were connected to the earth more than we are now. And so exactly. this is why sitting is what they're called that new smoking, because we're just not active. Yeah. We're not embodied mm-hmm. people anymore. We're computers, we're heads, yep. we're information. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, I agree. that's good. Yeah. All right, I have a couple more questions. Um, you write, as as I worked more closely with people who devote their lives to helping others, I realized how many sacrifice their health for the welfare of others. Yeah. What would you say to the person who right now they are knee deep in parenting kids, working at the office, um, caring for their spouse, the person who says, I don't have time to train? 
I don't have time to exercise. Ooh, this is a tough you, one. If you can fix this, you, you'll be a millionaire because this is the thing. Everyone always says, I don't have time. Okay. So there's, there's a few caveats to this. And this is where I usually have a coach voice. Okay. Coach. Because, because it has to, there has to be a level of agency here. Hmm. Like there has to be a level of I'm in charge of myself. And if you don't have that, it doesn't matter. Like nothing's going to work. But when people like, especially leaders, and this is where, you know, I was with my pastor and we did a podcast talking about this and he was like, why you got to be sarcastic? Right. So it was just funny. I said, I said, when I talk to pastors and they say, well, man, I just don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to take care of, you know, to work out. I'm like, that's incredible. I wonder who's making your schedule. I wonder who's in charge of that. (laughs) Should we talk to your assistant? And they're like, ah, okay. So one thing is some of us have enough control over our schedule that all it takes is to prior prioritization. It just, it needs someone to just prioritize it. That's what it is. Okay. Other people, when you're like a mom, you've got three kids and you know, you're just knee deep in like homeschooling and you know what I mean? Like it just feels yeah. like your life is chaos. Yeah. That's when you still have to prioritize, but flexibility comes in. And behind Mm -hmm. all of this must anchor a sense of purpose and a sense of I'm adding value into the thing that I feel I'm called to do. Yeah, to value, yeah. If it's not a value, motivation will not be enough. When it it gets hard, you're going to sacrifice it. You're going to let go of it. It's just the, that's just how we're built. So if we can make it a core value, then it will show up on my calendar if I'm a leader. It will show up like a meeting on my Mm -hmm. calendar and it is protected because it's not vanity. It's not, mm. it's, it's not an indulgent to go to the gym. It's, it's, a, it's an investment that produces dividends for the future. And it ensures my ability to do what God's called me to do for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And then for the mom who's having trouble, it's more about holding on to that purpose that I want to be here for my parents, which I just started working with a lady. She's a volunteer at our church. And her husband passed away and she's like, I've got three kids and I really need my, I need to be in better shape so I can be here for my kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's, this is our purpose. Value. Yeah. But she works a lot. So it's like, okay, well then we have to say when I want to sit and watch Netflix and unwind, maybe I can do that when I'm on a stationary bike. There you go. Maybe I can do that um, when the kids are doing their homework. I can go out for a quick walk. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? It's finding time to express that value. And it's going to always be hard. It's always mm. difficult. Mm. There's no such thing as balance. Mm. Amen. There's Say no such again. thing as balance. There's no exactly. balance because we have the wrong definition of balance. The, the definition we have of balance is stagnation. It's just like mm. everything just sits. But the idea yeah. truly balance is always trying to find. Come on. Balance always working to find a way to keep things moving forward. That's balance, right? If you stand on one foot, if you look at your foot, it's constantly moving, trying to find a balance point. So there's no such thing as balance. So we're always having to pull back on that purpose and say, okay, how do I find a way to invest in this today? And the smallest investment still works. I I think Einstein mentioned that compounding interest is the most powerful thing in the universe, right? So compounding interest. So if I can just get 1% better 
If I can do a little bit each day, then I'm going to eventually get to where I need to be. But there's no such thing as not having enough time. I'm sorry. They're just love it. And I hate hate saying that because some people are like, you don't understand my life. And you're right. I don't. But, you know, we all have the same 24 hours a day and somehow people get it done. And it's it really comes down to priority and what like this is when adulting comes in, too. Do I want to sit and watch Netflix for two hours or, you know, a two hour episode is a long time. A 20 minute run, it seems seemingly a lot less time. So you're actually saving time by exercising. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. or scrolling Instagram or, you know, like the kind of stuff is like, we have all these bleeding, these time, these areas where our, our time bleeds away unknowingly. And then when we're called to the carpet to take care of ourselves, we start, we start calculating and acting like, you know, all of a sudden I've got everything under control when really we just need to go through and figure out where our priorities are and start finding places to invest in that purpose and, you know, cut things off that, you know, you don't need like, Nobody needs two hours on Instagram. Ah, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? No oh man, such, right. It comes back to what if we took inventory of our time? It, it's like money, right? People don't want to pay attention to where their money goes. And then I might have to actually be called the carpet where same thing with where am I spending my time? Where could I cut back on time? And all of this, my brother from another mother, we know just comes at the cost of comfort for people. 100%. It is costly. If this was easy to do, if and, do and we could be comfortable in growth, we'd all be these amazing growth developed people. But it's about that comes back to the value. Is this it's valuable not. to me? And when and, something's and, and, valuable, and you're, us, willing to, you're willing to suffer for it. You're willing to sacrifice and, for it. And this is where our faith of Christ, who God is, who died for us because we're so loved, so valuable to him. Mm-hmm. That's where y'all, we are, we're plugged into something even more powerful, but mm-hmm. that has to be valuable that I love my relationship for God. And he so loved me. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey the commands. You'll be able to do these hard things just because you love. And then that, mm-hmm. that, that is the healing work that, uh, love that. we all continually need to do is what am I loving? Who am I loving? And come come back. This is why we need community and people that will will speak into us to say, keep going, keep doing the hard thing. Yes. Okay. I went way over our time because I really (laughs) enjoyed this conversation with you, Adam. Um, Rapid fire questions before we let you go. Uh, Favorite way to move your body? Oh, I lift weights and do jujitsu. I saw that jujitsu. That's yep. a fun time. My, my yeah, husband's yeah. done that. Have you been injured in jujitsu? Because he has. Of course. <laughs> That's why you guys do it. He's grown men in pajamas fighting each other. Of course. Oh my gosh. Somebody's going to so get funny. hurt. That's why I'm like, please, when he gets, does it, and he's like, oh, I'm so sore in my neck. I'm like, oh, yeah, don't man. do it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's We love that. Like, that lets me know oh, I did it. I love it. You guys are funny. Okay. Uh, favorite way to move your body. Favorite, uh, what's your apparel, line, choice, clothing of workout that you wear? Oh, I'm I'm not that. Uh, okay. Where do you shop? I mean, it could be anywhere. This is good for the guys. Tell okay, us what the so guys wear. For normal clothes, I like barbell apparel. Very nice stuff. They fit guys who lift weights. Okay. Okay. They're because you know when okay. you start lifting weights, you're not built. You're not built the same. Um, yeah. And then for like workout clothes, I'm pretty much like, I like like Rogues stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of Nike stuff. I'm not too picky on all that. Like people are like, I'm a gym shark. I don't. <laughs> I'm like. If it holds up and it doesn't smell when I'm done, I'm doing all right. You know what I mean? True story. 
All right. And then when it comes to that coffee, tea or kombucha. Oh, coffee. My God. The best cup of tea is not even close to the worst cup of coffee. How many do you have a day? Oh, well, I drink, (laughs) I drink half calf now. Okay. Half decaf now. So I'll have two or three cups of coffee a day. Okay. Okay. Not too bad. I'm not living on it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. We'll let it go. All right. (laughs) All right. Adam, everyone can connect with you. You guys, Adam has a a book. Tell them a little Mm -hmm. bit about an ebook. Yeah, I have an ebook called um, uh, Faith and Fitness, Integrating you know, Physical Health in Your Spiritual Practice. And you can get it on my website. It's at it's at adambro.com or on Amazon. You can look there too. And it's just an ebook. I'm I'm setting it up to where it'll do drop ship like um, actual copies of the book, like physical copies. I'm setting that up. That should be done in the next week or so. Um, and it's just a book that kind of tells my story a little bit um, and goes into more of the science behind some of these basic things we need for our health, mm-hmm. like, you know, sleep and sunshine and, you know, yes. moves, like that kind of stuff. So um, it's a little bit of my story. It's a little bit of, you know, I make a case through the scriptures and then I give you some science to help walk away with some practical takeaways that you can start implementing today. Love it. And then you guys, you can connect with him at Adam Broad, B-R-A-U-D. We'll put the show notes so you can swipe up on the show notes to go over on Instagram and follow him. Um, Adam, you're a delight. I'm really grateful that you came across my feed and my my awareness. So we're going to have you back, everyone. I know we're going to want Adam back. So we'll be reaching out. So thanks again. That'd be awesome. Can't wait. Thank you so much. Friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend? And be sure to swipe up on the show notes. You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. Peace.